following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, September 13th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 19. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, give me a 19. Uh, Keyshawn. Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson now doing radio for uh, ESPN. I could have probably done better than that, huh? There's, Miles? There's a few, yeah. Amari uh, <laughs> Cooper, maybe? I mean, I mean, I mean but Amari Cooper... You can't go with the current guy. Yeah, I mean, current you need to, like, John Jett, like the yeah, punter. So you need, gotta you need to bring guy. it back. Yeah, I need, a, I need a guy from back in the day. Yeah. Not a, not a current guy. All right, let's. Uh, we got a lot to jump into today. We are uh, coming off the Cowboys, or coming off the NFL's week one of the season. Yesterday was a full slate of games. It was actually nice to sit back and actually watch football all day on a Sunday uh, because the Cowboys game was over. But uh, we'll, we'll start getting you guys ready this week for uh, week number two. But today we're going to kind of do a little bit more of unpacking what happened last week with the Cowboys. Um, I wanted to start first talking about some some news items. Uh, Lyle Collins, we find out uh, at the end of last week, has now been suspended for five games, or at least that is what's being reported, uh, for violating the uh, substance abuse policy. Um, what should Dallas do at right tackle? Well, <laughs> sorry, you kind of glossed over. There's a lot going on with the Lyle okay. Collins things, more than just that. Now, if he does miss five games... I mean, he's going to miss okay, some well, time. Okay, well, back I would us imagine. up then. Tell us what's going on. I want on. Dave to because <laughs> I mean, it's this is this has got about twelve layers to okay. it. There, yeah. There's a lot happening here, and so by the time I, I would imagine by the end of the day, there'll be some different things shaken out here. There's just a lot of dots to connect. Um, there's an appeal process here. Did the NFL jump the gun? Did they announce something that they should have? Is he even should he be suspended at all? I, I don't. I'm telling you, there's a lot happening here. Nick's trying to be nice. I think the Cowboys are pissed. Yeah. I mean, and and I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't have information for you that can get to the bottom of it. It's obviously a very murky situation, but this whole thing is weird. And you can the, the team's pissed. I'm sure Lyle is pissed. Um, and I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. What for are they sure. pissed about? That like whether or not the NFL jumped the gun, whether or not Lyle Collins needs to be suspended for five games. And I, and yeah, I mean, I don't. Do you, have you heard something new since Friday? Because I have. No, not not really. But there's just like with anything in life, COVID is also factoring into this too. Because just just with COVID, there's something about a COVID protocol that that he could have been on that that changes. I, again, we're supposed to know the information, and I apologize that we really don't. I don't know as much as I should. I, I'll tell you this. There are a lot of moving parts in this. Um, l- l- let's just say that he he is suspended because he, he got a game to play. The NFL moves on, and he probably won't play. But I just know that 
this is probably not as much as the Zeke thing was back in 2017, where it was on, off, on, off, but it, it's got that kind of murkiness to it. I, I've Which, asked a couple of people, and I, I've kind of got that stiff arm, like, nah, don't even... Don't even go there yet. There's just so much Which to. Understand. We are supposed to know these things, but this is a situation where I don't feel bad about not knowing. Like it's all it gets weird with with these like league team conflicts. You know, I mean, remember how much legal reading we had to do to even try to <laughs> decipher the Zeke stuff? Yeah, more I mean, than I ever want to. And 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 nobody on either side wants to help you in this because it's a legal issue and mm-hmm. all sorts of you know weird stuff going on that they would probably rather people aren't snooping into. So this is a situation where it's hard to get answers, but I am curious to see where it goes. Yeah. And so I guess what Let's I'm go taking, back to the first what, I, what, what I'm taking from this is five games may may not happen. Right. At this point, there's still just a lot up in the air and I don't there, there wanna... hasn't been a final resolution to right. whatever the issues are on both sides. But I don't want to give people like it's kind of like Zach with COVID like well Jerry said he might play. Yeah. Like I don't want to give people false hope like well Dave and Nick said it, it's going to be yeah. less than five games. Like I don't know that. And I if I know anything the league is very stubborn and firm about like not very going true. back Even on. when they're wrong. Right. No. Even when they're wrong. They will the go down with their ship yeah. in the in an effort to not look wrong. Yeah. They, they do it all the time. So you know, maybe they completely screwed Lyle Collins over. I don't know. Maybe Lyle screwed this up. I don't really know. I don't but know. I have a hard time believing the league is – they're going to do everything in their power to not backtrack on this, if I had to guess. Yeah, and, and I think the reason why all that's important is to go back to your question. Because if it's just a straight five games in this in the story, five games, then then you make a different decision. If it's maybe not, if it's maybe one, if it could be two, it could be back and forth. Now I think you have to... Okay, well, paint paint both those scenarios. Let's assume for a second it's five games as it's been reported. What happens? What do you do at right tackle? And I, and let me be let me be clear. I'm asking you, what do you, Nick and Dave, yeah. what would you do See, at right tackle? I hate that answer because what I do doesn't matter. No, it it matters for the sake of a radio show. Yeah. We're yeah. talking. We're supposed to give opinions. Tell me what you would do in the instance that this was a five game. If it was suspicion. me, I would have gone to Zach Martin on Friday and said, "I'm sorry, man. I know you don't want to do this, and it <laughs> sucks. Like it's a bummer. We're one game into the season, and we're already dealing with this, but." If we're gonna not have LC for five weeks, I'd like you to I'd like you to start practicing at right tackle. Have we thought about maybe making him a manager? That was actually a good way to do it. Like, come on, and sit down. Like, I really need. To I'm to just you. as unhappy know, about this you, as you right. are. I know. I know that you're not gonna like this, yeah. but this is what we got to do for the team. Dave Let's do it. Let's go together. Let we can get this done. <laughs> I, that's what I would do. Yeah. I okay. don't think the Cowboys will. At least not yet. Um. I would start Terrence Steele at right tackle, and I would have Zach Martin at right guard. So I think that's what I would do. Why? Um, and I think I'm looking at this matchup more than any of the matchups. Okay. I'm looking at this one. Um, I think he's probably better than Ty Inseki. From what I've seen, I, I don't I don't okay. know. I could be wrong there. I just haven't seen Inseki do a lot. He just seems kind of too big and lumbering and just doesn't seem like a right I would. I would if we're not moving things around. I'd rather play Steele than Zeki. Yeah. Um, I'd like Steele with with Zach Martin. Um, I think he's got quick feet, quicker feet. I think he's going to go. Off, he's going to go against Bosa. I mean, obviously that would be a tough one. But I, I just, I, I, you know, I, I think that's what I would do because I want my All Pro guard to be an All Pro. 
and I want him at guard. If he's at right tackle, I don't know if he's an all-pro. I think he's good. You don't think when he played last year at that position, he played at that kind of level? I'm not ready to say that. I don't know well, about that level. He did mind. play really well. I mean, yeah. I remember the Seattle game. He went in there. He, he played well. Um, if This is just what I know with not watching a lot of the tape and film and all that. They have to decide. They have to. They look at it and go, Steele or Inseki, whatever they decide, and then Zach Martin inside. Um, and also Zach Martin inside with Tyler Bionish. Don't forget that aspect of it, too. Zach next to Tyler, it also could help because he needs some help, too. Um, they have to decide what what's better between that or McGovern staying where he is, give him another good start there, and then sliding uh, Zach Martin out. I mean, the, they Joe Philbin's a really good offensive line coach, and the and they'll they'll weigh all those pros and cons. I think it's close enough that we can debate about it. I yeah. think we all agreed that McGovern had a good week yes. last week. So where how how does this factor into? the whole concept of getting your best five on the field. Because I think most would probably agree McGovern is a better guard than Steele is a tackle. Okay. I think that's I think that's the the genesis of the argument. That's why people are talking about this is yeah. If if McGovern can go out there against Tampa's front and play as well as he did, then it stands to reason that he can hold his own in there as a, an every down starter. And he did it for eight games last year and for the most part looked pretty good. And people are for better or for worse, people are scarred by what they saw from the right tackle spot yeah. last year. And but, that, I mean, that's a big part of it as well. Is they're just like, I've seen this movie PTSD before. is real. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but real. how? I mean, the whole like a lot of the stress from the tackles stems from that Atlanta game, which was four years ago at this point. No doubt. So yeah. I get it. You know, I really like Connor McGovern. Uh, I think he's going to be good, but I, I, I'm not willing to say that he played well last week. I think they protected the heck out of those offensive linemen in the middle because they didn't do anything with them. They they went into the game plan saying, we're, we're not even going to try. We're not trying. this. We're going to go sideline to sideline. We're going to play this way. And if it gets down to the red zone, we'll take our chances. And they really didn't win down there. Um, they had to throw it in. So they to me, they were a very one-dimensional offense. And if that's the way the offense is going to be, that's the way it's going to be. But I think if you put Zach in there, that you're going to have a better chance to be a little little less one-dimensional. That's why. Now, I'm not saying that McGovern versus the Chargers won't be, you know, maybe they can run the ball a little bit more, but they're going to have to figure out ways to do that. Yeah, I mean, I do think the the – the, when you look at just how good Tampa is against the run, yeah. I think that factors in, too. Right, that's right? the big reason. Yeah, it, that's the big reason. That's way more of a reason, I think, than McGovern being in there. I think they probably realize we're up against that kind of sure. defense. And by the way, the strength of that defense is right up the middle. Why would we try to run against that brick wall with a lesser set of players than just throwing the ball? But, but all that being said, um, what do you guys think that the Cowboys will do? Because we talked about what you would do. What do you think the Cowboys will do in this instance? So again, we're assuming it's five games. I think they're going to roll with these swing tackles. I, I I don't know who. I don't know if they know who. Because I mean, if you think about the preseason, they alternated Steele and Inseki all through it. They both played both sides of the line. They both got different opportunities. They both played deep into pretty much every preseason mm-hmm. game. So... You probably roll with the combination that you feel best about by Thursday, if I had to guess. But between those two guys, that's what I think they'll do. Yeah. Mike McCarthy has been pretty straightforward about really not wanting to do drastic things unless it absolutely has to happen. You know, it's interesting about the 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 Gallup situation as well. You know, Gallup out. Um, 
maybe three to five weeks, something like that. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, but 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 I think it factors in here because if you do play Steele or Inseki, what do you think is also going to happen? Tight end, tight end, tight end chip, and and then get Zeke in there with that pass right, pro again. Right. So that might change a little bit of having three receivers as much out there, anyways. I mean, they, Gallup might not have played as much as they wanted him to, anyways, just because. You might have to go a little with two tight ends or, or t- keep tight ends in. So, I mean, obviously Cedric Wilson's going to gonna play, and he's going to play a lot. Noah Brown, don't forget, Noah Brown's going to get back and, and play. And I think he will help this team a lot. I've, I've sort of changed my thought a little bit. I know I'm jumping ahead on your rundown, but I just I think these things kind of matter because it's a domino effect. we got to help the right tackle. Um, we're going to have to – or if we don't help the right tackle, we're going to have to help inside blocking in there. And then, and then, how does that affect with receivers we have? And of course, they're they're one big receiver down. I want to I want to throw this out there too, and I think it's an underrated. You're talking about things being connected. This is an underrated aspect of the whole thing as well. And I just said that I would probably want to move Zach to tackle. But one argument for why you probably don't, or if you don't want to do that, an argument in your favor, I think, is the quarterback. Honestly. Dak Prescott is good enough at this point in his career that I trust him to make things work. I trust him to get the ball out quickly. I trust him to make the protection, you know, call the protections to help out whoever mm-hmm. needs it the most. He knows where the ball needs to go. He's also athletic. He can extend plays. I know their record wasn't good, but the line was a shambles for the first five weeks of the season last year, and they played functional football. You know, I mean, it got down to the last throw of the game against Seattle in week three, mm-hmm. and that was when Zach was playing guard, and they had to do all or tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to do all this crazy stuff. I think Tyron, Tyron was in and out of the lineup like week two against the Falcons. I don't believe they had either one of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And they only had Tyron against the Browns. And again, I, I get it. They didn't win all these games, but they were moving the ball. They were scoring points. Like the offense was doing things. And so I think that is something to consider is that a quarterback of Dak's caliber, it doesn't all need to be perfect the way it did when he was a rookie or in 2017 or even probably 2018. I think I trust him so much more to make it work with less than I did even yeah. two years I've, ago. I've, I've heard Romo say this. If there was a wink, a weak link on the offensive line, uh, make it be the right tackle because I can see that. I can figure it out. I could see him coming, and I could, you know, of course he could, he could see the left tackle coming. Yeah. Too, I don't know, but he, everywhere. he could do that. But I mean, and and I think I think Dak is even better than that, better than than Romo when it comes to eluding that kind of stuff. Stronger, so. I mean, I, I also I think I'm going to reiterate that about him in the in the right guard. I think he helps, and I think he he'll help the Oddish on this side. I think he'll help the right tackle. So I think I would probably keep it and then go with my best guy on the right tackle. And I I just think from an athletic standpoint, athleticism, I think it's steel. But you know, let's also remember that the Cowboys might have thought this was coming. You know, because suspensions don't sneak, they they sneak up on fans. They shouldn't sneak up on the Cowboys. Maybe this one did, but you know they do have three backup tackles on the roster. Mm-hmm. One of them being Josh Ball, but mm-hmm. yeah. but I mean, they have three, and that's that's kind of heavy. Yeah, so there, talk, there might have been a reason for this. I talked to somebody Friday. And I was like, eventful afternoon, huh? And they were like, well, you know these. We have advance notice of these things. I mean, it sucks, but it's not. It wasn't like me who was sitting here waiting for the press conference playing crossword puzzles, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Lyle's gone. Like, it's not quite the same for people on the inside, I guess. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we got to talk about Michael Gallup and uh, what the Cowboys are going to do at wide receiver now that it looks like he'll be out for multiple weeks. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio.
Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going bank of america is proud to be the official bank of the dallas cowboys and to support the quest of living life the cowboys way copyright 2020 bank of america corporation want to use what the pros use how about the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys jack black right now you can get the jack black starter a curated collection of cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping the starter includes four jack black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word team jb that's getjackblack.com cowboys the jack black starter 10 bucks free shipping honey big news gary are you okay oh i'm not gary anymore i'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Hey, everybody. Uh, fan of the year. Uh, it took me a second to find what? it. I found it. Fan of the year. Does hey your everybody. Dallas Cowboy fandom go beyond the game? <laughs> the NFL Fan of the Year contest presented by Captain Morgan is back, and we're relaunching the search for one extraordinary Cowboys fan who is a positive influence and inspires others through their love of the game. Nominate yourself or others for a chance to win a trip to Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. Nominate today at DallasCowboys.com. Fan of the Year. That's NFL fans there we go welcome back to the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star we talked about lyle collins now we got to talk about michael gallup that news also came out on friday he was injured in the tampa bay game sounds like he's going to be out for multiple weeks do we know exactly how long or is this just kind of right now he's going to be out multiple weeks definitely won't be playing this game the early prognosis was three to five but yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they were cagey about the Lyle thing. Like nobody wanted to talk about anything like that on Friday. Like Mike McCarthy didn't really give us much of an updated timeline on that. Yeah, I'm but just... that I mean, the it was three to five is what I've heard, and I haven't heard anything different yet. So yeah, I mean, you obviously you can't go off what players tell you. I've been burned by that in the past. Oh, yeah. And you can't go off of basically what they're looking like. Mike looked fine leaving. Like, we were down in the tunnel waiting for postgame, and they're all filing back into the locker room, and he didn't look like he was limping. He seemed like he was in good spirits, which you're right, because I saw that, and I was like, okay, he's fine. And then Friday morning, it was like three to five weeks. Right. So I I have a hard time thinking, like, five-week injury. I just, you know, now – what it felt like when he woke up will be the difference, right? Too, right? And, and it was kind of initially like an ankle sprain, but then it's now it's a calf sprain, and you know that's or calf strain, whatever the same. But I mean that that's 
that's a different injury. So we'll see how they re- rehab it. It is ankles. inside joke. Nick 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 knows all about calves. Like Nick and Lincoln. We, we talked about it. It's yeah. almost an outside joke now. It's been talked about. Yeah. I hurt my calf. It still hurts two years later. Let's not compare me to any NFL athlete because <laughs> I, I'm not an athlete and they are. So, but it does factor in your evaluation of injuries. Like. I'll tell you the difference though. Uh, Michael Gallup's not going to be a dumbass and run on it uh, three days later. He's not going to do that. Yeah, these NFL guys are a different breed, man. Uh, Burt Brown is going to make there sure you he doesn't do that. Be like, get right your there. ass on yeah. the training table. That right there is yeah, the yeah. reason why he won't. All right, so tell me, how do the Cowboys adjust to this? What do they need to do in, in his absence? And you started talking about this a little yeah, bit, look, Nick, but what, what do they need to do here? Well, I think you know Cedric Wilson's been ready for it. I mean, he's he's got more reps with Dak than probably anybody. He's a he's a he's a member of the Dak Yard, you know, yeah. club. Mm-hmm. So uh, he goes out there and um, does that, and I think he's I think he's got a good rapport with him. We saw it in a couple games last year too. So uh, I think Noah Brown will help. Also, I, I've I've kind of done a, a one eighty on my thoughts on Noah Brown. He's impressed me. Uh, to the point where, because I think he he's he's playing like a big bodied receiver. They tried mm-hmm. to do a tight end stuff with him. Now nah, he, he's a big body receiver. He, he plays that way. He's he made some contested catches. I w- I agree with you. I I love that Dak Yard is a thing. By the way, I, lo- I love that. It's, it's a what fantastic. A, what an nickname. outstanding! I didn't come up with that. Somebody did it. That was amazing. That, that's that's a really good thing. Dak but Yard football. I I agree with you. Noah is playing more like a big bodied receiver. But I saw. Um, you know, they were talking about Jarwin's missed block on the option play on the goal line. And Zeke's mom on Twitter was like, I know I know a guy who could probably make that block. And I was like, I see what you did there. Did she spell it that way? Yeah. I know a guy. I-N-O-A-H, a guy that could pull that off. And I was like, good. I like that, Don. I like that a lot. Zeke's mom? Absolutely. Oh, man. We oh, got she's it. a good we follow, got, by she, the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Follow. Yeah, yeah but, follow. but I mean, we... we that's some clever uh, writing. I know a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's no, that's she, a, that's something good. you would say. Thank you. That's high praise. I you would do that. that. You would do that. That's good. But um, she's a good follow. She's a really good follow. I mean, I'm, I don't want to downplay. Like, it sucks if Mike's going to be out. He's a very good player, and that sucks. But this is a situation where I'm like, well, this is why you kept these guys. This is why yep. you weren't trying to shed salary and keep Simi Fehoko. Like. Yeah, I mean, Cedric Wilson probably has caught more balls from Dak Prescott than anybody on this team, if probably. I had to guess. Yeah. Noah's been here forever. They know the offense. Cedric's got some inside-outside flexibility. The big thing for me, like if I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, Cedric's probably first man up. Do you want him in the slot more with CD outside, or do you want CD outside? You know, or do you want to move Cedric outside and keep CD in the slot? Probably do a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I'm not, I'm not worried about that at all. Like um, that is an injury that you should be able to absorb. That's why you kept two veteran, arguably quote unquote overpriced receivers on the roster. Again, D- Dak Prescott's at a level where he's still got CD and Amari, so just fill fill that in with what you got, and I think they should be fine. So let me oh, go ahead, Nick. I, I, I was just going back to that that thought about Noah Brown out there on that play. Mm-hmm. Noah Brown is a much better person to have out there because because he's a receiver. I mean, now, yes, he's he physical. He changes how the defense is going to match right, up. Right, right. Yeah. Now, because you could be right on him. Uh, they could be pressed on Jarwin and then get by him for the block. But if you, if you try that, Dak could change it and say, Wait a second. He thinks this, this corner thinks it's going to be a run. I got Noah. I can Noah can beat this guy. So yes, I think Noah could do a much better job. I think we all could. I mean, somebody can get a hand on the guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And this isn't the first time we've seen Jarwin miss in the open field. That's not his thing. Out well, there. blocking is not. No, th- these tight ends aren't the greatest blockers. Yeah, we know that. And I, and, but I think we were always kind of worried about 
the defensive end approach. Like they're not going to be very good if they get overpowered. But we're seeing them struggle more with corners and safeties mm-hmm. knifing yeah, their way in behind space. in space. Yeah, yeah, so. Yep. Um, that's why I think Noah Brown would have been better there. This isn't, it's not a crazy stat line, but Cedric caught all three of his targets for 24 yards the other night. He, uh, he blew up against Seattle when they needed him. I'm, I wish Michael Gallup was healthy, but I am not sweating this the way that I'm sweating not having Lyle Collins. The one thing I would I would ask of you ask about that I agree with you that I think both those backup receivers can step in and fill in adequately. The one role I'm still wondering who's going to take is the guy that's going to stretch the field. Michael Gallup seems to be the guy that stretches the field for this offense. He's the guy that tends to get back deep and get those those big balls. I'm not sure. If there's another person, we've seen Amari do it some. I don't think that's really CD's game. So who's going to really stretch the field here? I bet you ten dollars CD could do it if you gave him the chance. He just hasn't needed to. I mean, he can he can go. I mean, we saw him all through training camp. He can go up and snatch the ball. Yeah, like he's great at it. It yeah. just hasn't been something that they've asked him to do. Amari's not. He's not the type to like box out, you know. But he gets open with his route running, like. No, I mean, but both of those guys can do that. I, yeah. Like Michael Gallup is good at that, but it's he. I and it sounds like I'm talking trash. Like I don't think he possesses this elite skill set that nobody else on this roster can do. He just he just plays the role by that. Yeah, he, he, plays, d- it well. he plays the role. He plays but well. I I think either one of those other two can mm-hmm. do that if if asked to. Yeah, I think Amari's has been one of the the better deep threats on the team. I mean, he really can stretch the, the the field. We saw it in that catch against Atlanta last year. We saw it against Washington on Thanksgiving. I mean, he can get by the the defense. It doesn't look like it. You know, he's moving it, that it, fast. It, that's it never Amari's those long balls to him. It never looks as crazy cuz Mike usually goes up and kind of does his Des thing and CD's kind of got some of that to him as well. Yeah. Amari's just a step and a half behind the I mean, guy. Amari reminds me a lot of, and I know he's played 18 years and he's a Hall of Famer and all that, but he reminds me a lot of Larry Fitzgerald and the mm. fact that he, his route running is so good and and maybe not the fastest with the bet, but but he he gets it done and he's getting it done for a long time now. He's maybe not as durable and we, if, he, if he plays that long, I mean that that'll be amazing. But I mean, I, it's just it's never really flashy until you look at the stats and you're like, mm, wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, I thought, you know, I said it before about that 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 fumble that Dak had, and he lost the fumble and he picked it up and threw it to Amari. But I, you know, it, Amari was where he needed to be too. I mean, Amari down at the goal line is a really really good route runner. We saw yep. it his first game. Was it his first game against the Titans when he mm-hmm, came in? Mm-hmm. We saw that touchdown. I mean, we just he is he can be really good. So if they're not going to run the ball, if they can't run the ball, at least you got a guy down there that can win those quick in phone booth type plays. Yep. Yep. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this team's identity. We've been uh, watching Dak Prescott do some pretty amazing things going back to last year. And the question for these guys is, has the identity of this team changed? Are they now a passing team firmly and no longer a team that relies on the run? We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run Package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. 
Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Bring some Cowboys game day energy from the Dallas Cowboys Rhythm and Blue Dancers or Drumline to your next event. For appearance and performance details, visit DallasCowboys.com slash DCRB. Welcome back. Final segment of the break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's talk a little team identity. Um, this team, from the time that they drafted Zeke Elliott, uh, was a team that I think we all, well, I would say I certainly thought, uh, I would assume you guys thought was a run-first team that they were built around the offensive line and the running back. I think over the last year, uh, going back to the games last season that Dak played before he was hurt, and then what we saw in Week 1 against Tampa Bay, to me it has become apparent that this is a team that is a pass, a passing team. The pass sets up the run. They rely on the pass far more than they rely on the run. Do you guys agree with that sentiment? I yeah. think I made that switch in 2019, honestly. That's, I mean, that's when I really, and maybe, you know, down the back half of 2018, that's, I mean, when Amari Cooper got here, a, fl- a switch flipped. And I think Amari was a big part in jumpstarting that because Dak absolutely needed a receiver of that caliber. But over time, he has grown and evolved. And that's going back to my point about the offensive line. Like, he is now a quarterback that has that type of command over the offense that it would be silly to not have the offense run through him. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has been personnel. That that's. I mean, look at the receivers that were here when when Dak when when you thought that statement when Zeke was running the way he was running the line was blocking. I mean, the receivers weren't. That wasn't the best position group on the team, but it's over time, you know, they hit on a third round pick with Gallup. I mean, he's been a really good third round pick. And then, like you said, they traded for Amari, and then they, they just said, we cannot pass on CD Lamb, even though it doesn't make the most sense. It does if we can, you know, if they can work together. And so then that's helped Dak grow. And the offensive line hasn't been the same, though, too. The offensive line isn't, isn't as good um, as they've been, they haven't been as dominant in the run game. So I think there's just been a shift. Well, I, there's been a shift in the sport of football too, and like, and I, 
I love analytics. I'm not good enough at math to really understand them the way that I would prefer. You know, like there are some people that are just like, well, this this 0.380 EPA means this. I'm like, I, I want to understand this better. But you can look at all of these charts and realize like this is a passing league, and the the difference in pat like your success rate passing and what throwing the ball can do for you, it's 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 it, there's no denying it. And even teams like Tennessee, for example, who have this amazing running back and everybody's afraid of Derrick Henry, they make their bread off of play action. Like people are so afraid of Derrick Henry, they use that to their advantage. Ryan Tannehill has had a career renaissance since he got there because he throws off of the threat. He throws off the threat of the run. So even teams like that, you need to be throwing the ball to really be tapping into your offense as well as you should. And I commend the Cowboys for realizing that. I commend Kellen Moore. Is that a winning strategy for this team, though? Because if you go back to last year, they were three or four losses in those first four games that Dak started and played throughout the game. They lost the first game to this season. Um, And the only game that they won in the last last year and this year with Dak doing this uh, was against Atlanta, where they had to come back from this ins- what what we thought was an insurmountable uh, lead that they'd given up and win by a point. So, so is this a winning strategy for Dallas? Now, I know this can be a winning strategy around the league. We've seen other teams do it. My question is really: Is Dak good enough, and is the rest of the team around him the other things that have to work the way that they have to work for this strategy to be successful for Dallas? I'll throw in the caveat that. I mean, in the NFL, you need to be able to run the football in certain times. And it would certainly be nice, hopefully against lesser competition than Tampa Bay, you can have some second-half leads that allow you to use Ezekiel Elliott. Not that you need to, but yeah, I mean, that is... That's very beneficial. Like there's all there's an argument on social media all the time where it's like, well, when Zeke runs 25 times, they win this amount of time. Why? Why do they win so often when Zeke touches the ball 25 times? Because they have a lead, and you get to lean on the opposition. That is a valuable thing, and I don't want them to get away from it completely. But time and time again, we you know teams show that you can you can absolutely win being that skewed toward the pass. I know. It's not fair to compare anybody to Patrick Mahomes, but they <laughs> they do it all the time. And for that matter, the reason the Cowboys had such a crappy record, in my opinion, last year, it was turnover differential more than anything. I mean, they were in those holes because they were turning the ball over two and three times in the first quarter every week. Outside of Pat Mahomes, you brought up an interesting point. Outside of Pat Mahomes, obviously he's the best quarterback in the league. I think Dak is up there in probably top five quarterbacks in the league. But putting that aside... What else does Kansas City have that maybe Dallas doesn't have? Track, speed, a tight end that's a big receiver. I mean, they have mismatch problems, what they have. They yeah. have, I mean, they have Tyree Kill who can just go. And then they how do you how do you try to I mean, that one-two punch is so dynamic because if you're going to try to cover tra- uh, Travis Kelsey, you have to you have to get some kind of safety or corner help. Well, then what are you doing over here with Tyreek Hill? I mean, like, and that's that's just an amazing one-two combination. Those guys are just amazing, and 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 then you got a, you got a great quarterback there. Does Dallas do a similar thing from a matchup standpoint? Not necessarily from the standpoint of two guys that are that dynamic, but from a standpoint they have so many different parts that are hard matchups that maybe they create that same sort of matchup problem yeah, for the team. They have some matchup problems, but because they, they have more numbers, though. right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, right. But but nothing that's just you know, I said this before. They don't have anybody that's that's in that top five of their position, other than 
guard, and now we're maybe moving him to tackle, which I don't think he'd be a top five tackle. I don't think. I don't want to. I don't want to doubt him. I won't bet against. I don't want to bet against him. I don't want to bet against him. But I mean, thirty-two teams decided that he was a guard. So I mean, I think he can play it. But I think there's a reason they could be special at guard, and he has been. Uh, I just don't. So, but but Kansas City has a top five receiver. They've got the the number one uh, quarterback, the number one tight end. So they they got a, they got some special things going on there. The Cowboys have some good pieces, but they don't have elite pieces. Dak's getting there though at quarterback. He just he just is. But they've got to they've got to show that you know the defense is going to have to help him as well. I think at the well, it sucks that Michael Gallup is now hurt for a few weeks. But the sum the sum of all the parts, I think. I mean, Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in the league. Tyree Kill. I mean, I, did you see, did you see him yesterday? <laughs> Unbelievable. Ridiculous. Um, but he does it every week. Yeah. You know? But I, th- I think if every the sum of all the parts is on Dallas, I'll, I'll put it up there against Kansas City all day. They yeah, they don't have something as freaky special as Tyree Kill, but. I mean, they got three guys that are going to get open against almost anybody. And that's – you're asking me this, and that, I think that's why I was so excited on Friday, is they played unbalanced football, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, in the traditional way. I, I would still argue, again, you can create hidden rushing yards. Like a third of Dak's pass attempts were basically rushes when yes. you think about screens and stuff like that. But – they were as unbalanced as we've seen them in forever, and they came right down to the wire against one of the best defenses in the NFL. That And that is incredibly impressive to me that by the third quarter, Tampa Bay had to know exactly what was coming, and they still couldn't yeah. stop him reliably. Obviously, Dallas lost the game. We get that. But they were almost 50% on third downs. They scored 29 points. The red zone, not good enough. That's got to be better. But... That is such an encouraging thing to see against such a stout defense, in my opinion. But let me let me play devil's advocate here because when you look at a, a, a team where they got four takeaways, they won the turnover battle by plus three. They also won time of possession by a huge amount. I think it was 34-27 to 25-33. Typically, when you see a game with those two stats like that, you should win. You should win. You should. So are you? I know we all came out of that game on Friday feeling like, okay, man, they really played some good football against the Super Bowl champs. But when you look at those kind of numbers, it makes you say, well, they really should have won that game going away, you would think, when you see those numbers like that. Are you at all concerned about the fact that they may have put out their very best game and that wasn't enough? Ask and, the Cleveland Browns how they feel today. Right. But, I mean, the Cleveland, yeah, <laughs> talking about our pro- one of the best three teams in the NFL, yeah. and and the Brown, you know, you could tell if you watch that Chiefs Browns game, that was the Browns were like, we are here to make a statement. This is the team we know we've got to beat to- from the very beginning. They were like, yeah. I mean, they got went for two on the first possession. Yeah. They were throwing haymaker after haymaker. They lost. Yeah, and it sucks. It's I mean, yeah. this is a tough league. Yeah, and, and and those two teams, those are the top two teams that played yeah. in the Super Bowl, and so. You know, for us to sit here in week two and say, okay, well, it doesn't look like the Cowboys are better than the Super Bowl champs right now. Well, okay. okay. We didn't need a game to see that. We didn't think that was the case, <laughs> yeah. you know. But, you know, you have to bounce back. You have to bounce back and, and, and show it here. I've said it numerous years, and I'll say it again. That's why week two is so important. You've got to go out there. You've got to establish yourself. You can't be in that 0-2 hole. And if you look at what they're doing on social media, the Chargers, you don't want to, get, you don't want to take an L to, to them. <laughs> And, and the, what they've got working in over there, because if they're going to do that to Washington, just think what they'll well, do to the Cowboys. They their social team was probably brainstorming for our game in June. I'm yeah. guessing they got some options. That's uh, you're so right. Nick. Even know what I'm talking about? 
with what they did? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. But we'll I've see. seen some of the other stuff they've done. I mean, they, I know. Yeah. I, as you said that, I was like, I'm going to go look at it, but I can pretty much guess that they did something pretty Oh, crazy. yeah. Yeah. And, and that it, was the Washington. It's funny because in the big picture, well, I mean, they they can afford to start 0-2, honestly, in my opinion, when you look at – Right. You know, after that, you go Eagles, Panthers, Giants, Patriots. Like, those are all flawed teams. Now, you do, obviously. Mm-hmm. You, you need to win as many games as you can. But they could climb out of 0-2, in yeah. my opinion. But it's just, it's just it's about consistency. And that has been probably the most maddening thing about this team for the entire time that I've covered it is they're schizophrenic. You never know what you're going to get. And it would be it would be so Cowboys for them to go out there – Against you know, and the Chargers are a good team. Don't get me like this is this is they are a very good team. Yeah, that's this is not, not this is not a gimme game. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. Yeah. But we feel great about how they played against Tampa. It would be very Cowboys for them to play like crap. And I don't just mean lose. I mean play like crap against L.A. And I hope that doesn't happen. But you can't say it would surprise you. You look at the uh, the defense, and I talked about the four takeaways. They also stopped the run, which is another thing that you put in their category as far as something that 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 seems to be an improvement. Um, the passing game, though, they the defense had some some issues. Uh, obviously, again, you're talking about one of the top three maybe passing offenses in the NFL. That all being said, how concerned are you with what they gave up in the passing game um, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, concerning because we knew that the secondary, especially the cornerback position, is 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 not one of the strengths. Um, Tampa Bay, obviously, with with a great receiving core and the best quarterback um, to play. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was not a favorable matchup. They they once. They won their share of times, but I mean, they they were beaten like like they expected. I mean, like we expected that to be. I mean, I, I don't want to sit there and say Anthony Brown needs to be benched. I mean, number one for who? I mean, for, and then well, yeah. that is the question. Like, there are a lot of fans out there, who? and and again, I'm not saying that this is the right answer, but there are fans out there that are like, you invested in a second round and a third round pick. Well, the second round is not healthy. I, I got that, but Kelvin Joseph, Nashawn Wright, those are guys you invested second and third round picks in. Should you be at least Putting them out there and letting them start to learn is that better than what you got right now from Anthony Brown? Absolutely not. It isn't. It isn't better. I mean, Trayvon Diggs. It, I, I get it. He had to learn on the fly. He was the had best to, option. By the way, yeah, he was the best option. Uh, I, I don't think Nashawn Wright is ready for that. Anthony Brown is a solid player. He, he, he just he is. He's a solid corner. That he's versatile. He can kind of go inside, outside. No one's thinking he's gonna. You know, wondering when he's going in the Ring of Honor. No one's wondering about that. He's not going to be a Pro Bowl player. He, that's not what he is. He's. He's a solid guy, and to assume that there's just so many guys that are better on the street or better on this team is just not here. Maybe Joseph, when he gets healthy, your your best was healthy. He wouldn't be playing over Anthony Brown. He hasn't shown that, and that's I agree with everything you just said about AB. The brutal reality is he's also you know he's probably going to get circled by the opposing offense in game plan meetings. They're like, this is a matchup that we feel good about. It is what it is. I mean. Uh, yeah, but, I'm not but trying. Joseph to... would be circled twice. Oh, 100 oh, percent. No, 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 Diggs oh. was circled a lot. Yeah. That's we yeah. we did this in the preseason. Everybody yeah. was clamoring for Kelvin, and he went. I mean, he had like an awful first series against Arizona. Mm-hmm. He got he yeah. got a, he got flagged, and then he got bombed on like the next play. Nashawn Wright, I'm so impressed with what he's done. 
I don't, I don't see that going well, especially a long strider like him going against somebody like Antonio Brown. Come on. Yeah. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad And it, it is what it is. I just – I feel like I said it all through the spring. As soon as Horn and Sertan went off the board, this is the reality that you were signing up for is we're going to be in a holding pattern, and our best, our best hope is that Kelvin Joseph, much like Trayvon Diggs last year – sort of starts putting it together as the season goes and maybe in the latter half of the year he can be a viable option but to think that he or Nashawn Wright is going to come in and be better than somebody that's been in the league for five years right away it's delusional it is, I'm yeah. sorry but you have the point is you got to give them time to get there you they do. may be long-term better prospects they're not there yet I will say that and on the flip side I think something to feel good about Trayvon Diggs played really really well I and I you know hopefully I'm really I need Game Pass to have all 22 up this week. They somebody reported I saw that. I somebody see, reported I saw yesterday. That. So you, you say that, yeah. I don't know how much he traveled with Mike Evans. I don't know if it was every snap, but he was on him a lot. And Mike, Mike Evans, Evans did not have a jack, great game, yeah. which you can say, well, yeah. Why are you going to throw at Mike Evans if Antonio Brown's right. always open? But not every team they play is going to have three studs. Right. You know, you get into some matchups with more normal receiving cores. Maybe it's that, not as gross as it looked on Thursday. Chargers night. have one really good one. They do. And uh, he Mike is, Williams, uh, no Keenan Allen. Okay, I thought you were being serious. I was like, <laughs> well, Keenan Allen well, is Mike Williams. I think Mike, Mike Williams, Williams led him yesterday. Did he not lead? Mike Williams is there. He's their first round pick. I think he led them in receiving. Okay. He's, good, he's good too. Yeah, he's I want to say. Yeah, I need college. I need a college name for for those guys like that. Mike Williams. There's yeah. I feel like Mike Williams in the league. Uh, I feel like here yeah. in, <laughs> I would have said. I think he led them though. I do think he led them in receiving. The Chargers have the Chargers have two. Yeah, and but I the reason I kind of balked is because I do think. Keenan Allen is probably the most criminally underrated player in the league. Like nobody, that. nobody I knows about him. That. Yeah. So, anyway. It's also, when you play in in with the Chargers, like sometimes it's hard to get yeah. that kind of profile. I tell you what, if it, we're, it's Monday, if I can go the whole week with with calling them just L.A. and Chargers, like it'll be a win. I know, me too. Because I've heard it I last week. I've San heard Diego, I've heard San Diego, Diego yeah. twice on our other yeah. shows. Yeah. It's just. It, I think I said it last week. I think I said just, San Diego. Uh, all right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We will be back tomorrow. We'll give you guys a big-picture look around the NFL to see what's going on in the NFC East. That's pretty interesting. Uh, coming off week one, we'll do all that tomorrow. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?